0: Welcome to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. I am your very own Scott Ramage, and on this fun episode, I have a chance to chat with Brian Alvey. Brian is U.S. Army retired. He's a business owner, pretty much just a serial entrepreneur, as he calls himself. He's a glorified bill payer. He's a father, a husband, and he loves to just do hard things. And in this episode, we're going to discuss all sorts of great things um, about business, about challenges, about failure, about uh, what it takes to win, and um, a really cool organization that Brian has recently created. So you're gonna hear all about that. Thank you for
1: joining us today. I hope you enjoy the show.
0: Hey, Brian, welcome to the show. How you doing today, man?
1: Hey buddy, how are you, man? It uh, took us a couple tries, but now we're on the phone together.
0: No kidding. That's uh sometimes it can be a little bit of a bear. Uh busy people trying to connect with busy people and uh it's always worth it. It's always worth the work. So it's uh Absolutely. yeah, yeah. So that that uh that's interesting. We were just talking, everybody, and Brian was kind of telling me a little bit about what's going on. So tell us uh tell us about your business. Is and how COVID has kind of um, what that's done for you? What it's looked like over the last three four months?
1: Well, obviously, when this initially popped, yeah, I have a, I have a few different business centers, and uh, it kind of put a freeze on everybody. Everybody just went into a hard pause, like, oh my god, what are we going to do? Especially with respect to one of my businesses, which is a bar restaurant. So uh, we got shut down for a couple months. We're in the state of Indiana, so that the you know the governor shut everything down and then we were able to open back up you know at 50 percent and then you know certain requirements and you know you know employee all everybody has to wear the mask so forth and so on so um that gave uh you know i'll I'll be honest with you i i i personally kind of enjoyed that two-month breeder on a personal level it's not good for business and we definitely uh want to do whatever we could to look out for our employees took care of them throughout the duration as best we could but yo, know, that one that slowed that one down. We uh since have been allowed to open back up at a limited capacity, everything, and things are going good. I you'll you hear no complaints from me uh on that. We're following all the state mandated guidelines and uh we're making it work, you know, and uh trying to keep everybody safe. So with that said, uh I also, as my wife would call my quote unquote real job, I work as a uh, consultant in the business side of uh side of things general business practitioner type of consultant whereas i'd say about 80 percent of my clients are in the bar and restaurant industry just by default and uh at first it got real quiet nobody was wanting to spend a dime on anything because they didn't you know nobody knew what the future foretold but uh as we've gotten back open and everything and, and a lot of these business owners and uh managers and executives have had time to think uh, long and hard about, hey, what to do next, plan for the future. The phone started ringing again. So that kind of covered me up in the last few weeks. And uh, then third, I also have, uh, I work in the private investigations industry, if you will, uh, based off of my former career in the military and as a uh, Department of State, Department of Defense contractor. So I had a pretty decent, Size case dumped in my lap a few weeks ago that I couldn't pass up on. So I'm a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest right now, but I'm kicking. You know where you know you get all the sleep you need when you're dead, and I always say sleep's a crutch for the week. Let's go. So <laughs> I'm kind of regretting those statements right now, but uh, we're getting things done.
0: Yeah, I bet you are. I noticed a while back on your um, social media feed uh, pictures of a steak, um, and you said it's finding time to say uh, serve myself. Like you were barbecuing or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was like late at night. So that must be something to do with the restaurant.
1: Well, I'm a night owl anyway. So that, I, I do happen to eat quite a bit uh, late in the evening after going all day without eating. But uh, that in particular day was due to the fact that we added a thing at my bar slash restaurant that I have here in Franklin, Indiana called the Mint, as in like mint julep. Uh, it's a bourbon cocktail, martini full beer, wine selection, full kitchen type of a nice relaxing adult environment. But uh, we added steaks to the menu for Sunday. So we decided Sunday was steak day. And I have a couple of great guys working in my kitchen. They they kick ass for me. But unfortunately, neither one of them had a whole lot of background in uh, cooking steak to temp into order. So long story short the last two Sundays I've been in there from open to close, you know, cooking meat. So, uh, now they've got it. I'm turning it over. I'm not going in Sunday. I won't be with the family tomorrow. So that's good. I have all the faith in the world. And those two guys in my kitchen. So, uh, we're going to move on. But yeah, I was, uh, I was putting the old apron back on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I too have owned businesses. And I think a lot of people, uh, open their own businesses to, uh, create a life by design, you know, I can not work, I can train, big, but the underbelly of that is there's always shifts and changes, and you kind of got to go in, a lot of times, you got to go in and kind of uh, uh, institute that change, or like in this case, mistakes, but the, the
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's getting other people to learn and then passing it on, passing the baton, because you can't be tied, it's restaurant, bar, man, that's like late night work. It's,
1: yeah, you uh, you have to be willing to roll up your sleeves and get dirty at the drop of a hat, yeah. uh, and uh, always be willing to do anything and everything that you're requiring your people to do for their jobs, and they should they they need to know that they need to know they need to watch it they need to see you take out the garbage they need to see you do things that's called leading from the front, which is really honestly if you embrace it it's the easiest form of leadership leading laterally shoulder to shoulder with people can be somewhat more difficult and takes a lot more skill but if you can get out in front and you're just leading by example I mean that's the easiest way to do it so you have to get out there you got to get dirty you got to roll up the sleeves or in this case I got a little you get, get a little get some food stains on my on my on my pants so to speak my shirt yep. but we get in there we knock it out I got a great crew and uh and now I'm out of you know I can step back away from it again they they got this so um people that aren't willing to get involved that's really that that kind of really transitions into what you know the consulting aspect I do I sit down with Quite a few people that come to me on a yearly bit, you know, quite a few throughout the year will come to me. Let's say a hundred come to me and I'll probably talk 97 out of new restaurant owners. I'll talk them out of it. Right. Uh, I spend the first two to three hours just telling them, here's the deal. If you think you're just going to own a restaurant and sit in the corner and, you know, and, and not never have to get dirty and just enjoy it and be, you know, be the cool guy in the corner that owns the place. You are delusional. You will work harder at this than you ever have. you know you you'll have to work harder than any one of your employees. You have to get dirty. you have to be there. Uh, you have to manage day to day. You cannot own a bar or restaurant and not be physically present. Um, it's just you're just asking for a world of hurt. And uh, so like I said, at least 97, 98 out of the hundred, I completely talk them out of it within two to three hours, and then after two or three hours. I haven't talked you out of it. Then it's okay. Let's go. Let's start. Let's start plotting, scheming, and planning because you're in.
0: it's a a really good kind of lesson for anything you want to do is if you're looking to jump into something, you know, there's a lot of business opportunities. There's never a shortage of business opportunities. The, the, the shortage is usually uh, your belief that you can do it and then your work ethic um, at least experience. And so, I think it, it shows the value of reaching out to someone who's done it, who's done it well and who's done it for a long time. Uh, it really gives you some insight. You know, there are a lot of people, I, I actually know a few people who dream of owning a bar and um, it, it just takes once going. You, you realize that, you know, probably the first two, three years on weekends and nights, you're never going to see your family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no. Oh, no, that's no, absolutely no. true. Who's going to show them how to work? who's going to show them how it, how it happens. So yeah, it's, it's just a reality. Well,
1: I tell, I tell everybody, like, if it's been your dream to always own a bar and not own a business, it'll be a nightmare.
0: It's a big problem. Yeah.
1: Don't you, this isn't for you. You need, what you need to do is you need to just keep frequent in your favorite bar and you will spend far less money at this. (laughs) So, um, I mean, it's much more fun on the on the on the side of the bar with the stools than it is with the with with the cash register. So, um, I mean, it's just hard work. And uh, it, but you know, you you said something there about, you know, getting with somebody that knows what they're doing. Absolutely, that's that's hundred percent correct. You got to find somebody to surround yourself with that knows what they're doing. You got to bring in a subject matter expert so you can start the ground start hit the ground running. Start off on the right things, minimize your upfront mistakes um i i I, I tell everybody there's going to be three oh and I don't know if we can cuss on this show or not, but <laughs> you can bleep it, I guess, but there's going to be three oh shits yep when you start within three months mu- before you get open there's going to be three o oh shits, and inevitably they always ask me, well, what are those I'm like they wouldn't be oh shits if I could tell you what they are.
0: We don't know
1: you, just have, you have to be prepared for you know the ambush, the business ambush and hope that you can think your way and work your way through it. That doesn't work. Pray that you could buy your way out of it. And then in worst case, maybe a little bit of both, you know, um, but there's going to be some more shits pop up. Well, when you bring somebody into the fold that is used to these things, you're only dealing with three as opposed to 33, you know, out of the gate. I've watched more people, Fail before they even open the door for the first day, they're already done. They don't even realize it. They're dead men walking. Um, they uh, they put too much stock into one quote unquote subject matter expert employee who, you know, that isn't, you know, I mean, it's a big difference from working in the business and running a business. So, and but the, at the same time, I'll tell anybody, anybody could do it. How many times have you worked for a boss and you're like, God, this guy is a moron. I could, I could do this job way better than he could. Well, the reason why there's more smart people not doing it than doing it, because on paper, it makes no sense to open a business. It makes all the sense of the world to just keep working for that other guy, check out in five and have minimal risk. But you're either wired as an entrepreneur or you're not. And if you're wired as an entrepreneur and you're not doing entrepreneurial things, You'll live a very miserable life. You have to be who you are. So when you find that right guy, you got to do it. And the big difference between the quote unquote idiot that's doing it and succeeding and the smart guy who's not doing it is one decided to do it and the other guy chickened out. Yeah. That's it. You just have to courage to leap. You got to be basically I tell everybody that, you know, entrepreneurs are like the, the paratroopers of business people. They, they, they have to see everything from the, you know, the 3000 AGL level, you know, above ground level, they have to see the big picture. They got to see the whole battlefield and then they have to jump and they have to go in and they got to land on the ground and they got to fight to bring their dreams to fruition. Nobody else is going to do it for them.
0: That's a great analogy. I I've opened uh, two brick and mortar businesses in my years and, um, I n- neither time, like I, I saw the big picture, um, but then it was all about, I was, I was actually just talking to someone about this and he's like, you know, how did you make those succeed? And it was just, I had a vision. I knew it could be successful and I did it. <laughs> it's like, and, and the only thing that I would have done differently at this point is once I was in it, I would have hired somebody. To right that wasn't working for me. Let me let me restate that. I wouldn't have hired an employee because, like you said, you can bring someone in with experience, but their experience is mm-hmm. very very limited vision because they were probably just fulfilling a role. Um, and but I would have hired a mentor or a consultant because, like you said, you can avoid. it. I'm like, yeah, but it costs ten grand. It costs fifteen grand. It costs twenty grand. Yeah, well, I would have saved double that had I done it.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: and, and, um, so that's cool that you're doing that because I think there's a lot of folks that don't use that resource and pay the price. And that's why, you know, whatever, over 40% of startups close within the first year, whatever the stat is, it's, it's, it's high and it's, it's well, you touched easy.
1: on something else there. Yes. You touched on the fact that, you know, you bring it into other people that you see, you have to know your strengths and weaknesses. Yep. And with and one of my biggest weaknesses right now is time. I'm limited on my time. So what I did is I partnered with a couple of guys in the, the, the bar restaurant, the Mint. I partnered with a couple of uh, great guys, they're brothers, uh, and we all have our tasks. We all have what we do. And, uh, for, for instance, Scott runs all the day-to-day, all the purchasing, everything like that, takes care of the HR, does, does accounts does all the, all the day-to-day stuff and he's amazing at it. So I'm not real good at that stuff. That the day-to-day number crunching and and and, and the tactician things. So he does that and it set us up, I you know, you know, to get a little double jointed and pat my own self in the back here and then as well we're doing okay right now. and There's a lot of bars and restaurants that are struggling, but our team effort in there, you know, and uh you know, we sit down and we beat things up together all three of us were, we're the the other brothers um uh, uh, he, he, he steps in. His name's Thomas. Thomas comes in and he's got. He's also a consultant in a different industry, so he's got a lot of business savvy. And uh, between the three of us, we figure out what's the right answer. Mm-hmm. Nobody comes in this with, you know, well, I want my answer to be the right answer. This is like, let's beat this up and figure out the right answer. And that's really helped for us in, in, in this respect. So I tell people all the time: be careful who you partner with, but don't be afraid to have a partner you know, as long as you got the right partners.
0: Oh, I agree. And, and because there's a lot of horror stories, I've, I've done it myself, that um, it just doesn't work out. And it puts uh, relationships at risk. But if you do it strategically. Uh, you know, Josh and I partnered in the Brotherhood of Fatherhood. We did it just strategically because we do hold very different skill sets and very different um, areas in which we are going to excel in, through this. And that's so important. And, and it gives you that team. It's a team approach, right? We're always stronger in number. So mm-hmm. speaking of team, well, yeah, go ahead.
1: You're, you're not, you're not always Dude, if I told you I was bat a thousand in business, I'd be a lion idiot. Oh, man. Okay. You're, you're not, always, I've had partnerships that were epic failures mm-hmm. and I've had solar or solo endeavors that didn't work out so well. Um, but I've got a lot more wins than I got to, you know, losses. So, you know, I'm still in there, but, you know, I, you know, a business failure for, to me, for a, for a true entrepreneur, that's just the red badge of courage for an entrepreneur. You know, you, you just pick yourself up, you dust yourself off, and you move forward doing, and you and, and you get back at it. So it's just it, you got to. I've learned a lot from my failings. You know, that's yeah. you learn more from failure than you do for victory every day of the week in anything you're doing. So
0: absolutely, I think. Um, you know, I, I was a teacher for a while and people are like, well were you really good in school did you love your teachers i'm like no and no um and right so I believe that that actually made me better because I had failure and I was an ex- was uh <laughs> was taught by people that I figured were failures and for me they failed at teaching for me it gave me so much more of a tool set to see it from a different angle and be a better problem solver and a better communicator but also in businesses you know we were really to say like I said I had two brick and mortar businesses well I had other businesses and some of them were mm-hmm. but there was just as much failures and when you have a successful business like a brick and mortar business you're gonna have failures every single week like it's it I don't know that people understand that when they open a business it is it is not roses and rainbows it is a lot of uh, gut punches a lot it's just a matter of
1: absolutely working. and, and well, I can, yeah Take a heavyweight fight in right. the history of boxing. Show me a heavyweight fight. You know, uh, let's use the, uh, the iconic fight where uh, Mike Tyson knocked out uh, Michael Spinks, who is an amazing all-time great fighter, in like a minute and a half. Well, guess what happened to Mike in that, in that fight before he knocked out Michael Spinks? He got punched in the face. Nobody has ever walked into a fight and, and came out unscathed. I don't care how dominant they won. That you are, if you want to get in this game, and you you have to be prepared. You have to know, and you be able, you have to be able to handle getting punched in the face. And 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 I get so many people that get into this, like, oh, something bad happened. I got punched. This is horrible, mate. Shrug it off. Shrug it off. Let's go. Uh, you, get up.
0: Let's go. Keep fighting. So, what taught you to be a fighter?
1: Uh, I used to be a boxer. Sorry for the analogies. <laughs> so uh, uh, I was a boxer as a young kid. Uh, that I spent, uh, I spent over two decades in uniform with the military. Uh, been overseas a few times. Uh, but um, so they, t- you know, those, th- those types of things taught me how to fight. But I think in a lot of ways, I uh, think you're born a fighter or you're not. Uh, you either have it in you or you don't. Uh, you absolutely can teach yourself you can learn if you decide you want to do something you can become that and uh but with that said I think I was a little bit more predisposed to have that personality maybe than others and I just got lucky and happened to go down a path that that was beneficial versus facing another path Uh, it's funny you mentioned you used to be a teacher I went to college to be a teacher Mm -hmm. Uh, that wasn't happening that was a bad choice I would I would have been I'm a, i am as a consultant, as a former drill sergeant and small group instructor in in the United States Army and all those things, I am a teacher by trade, but in a high school environment I would have been a horrible teacher. And I quickly realized that. That was not the path for me.
0: Right. I think a lot of people realize it but don't move and they stay put. And it's that's 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 problematic for so many people more than themselves. And so get comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. Comfort is I, the enemy. I,
1: I say this all the time There's a saying, I, you, you, if you want to be good at something, whether it be like, you know, boxing or whatever, like now I picked up last year, I started doing jujitsu, you know, and, and, and it absolutely applies there. Um, in business, you need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. The people that succeed in this world, no matter what they're doing, are the people that accept that they have to go through a certain amount of discomfort to get where they want to go. You have to absolutely get comfortable with being uncomfortable.
0: I would almost say the further you are from comfort, the closer you are to abundance. The so you know that's absolutely true. Yeah. So and and it's just a, a reoccurring theme with people who are successful. In fact, I just did a podcast with a gentleman last week, and he's like, "I, um, I just, it's the more uncomfortable I get, the better I, I achieve." And I'm, it's, it's every time, and it's what mm-hmm. I, as soon as I stretch myself and, and step into that absolutely uncertain, uh, horrifying thing that I'm scared to death to do, and I see the other side, it's when things start to get awesome. So
1: you, you mentioned
0: i go. Yeah.
1: I fight better. I fight better when I'm afraid. Yep. When I'm in business, you know, I throw myself in, you know, I think my wife said it once. She says, you're like a masochistic overachiever. You throw yourself off the, into the deep end of the water or not, and you figure out how to swim back and you do it. Um, I, I, I throw myself, we were talking before we started this, you know, and I was telling you, know, you're like, Oh my gosh, I, I, I had so many things pop on me in the last 30 days open up for me and, and, and all the, you know, the bar restaurant was able to open back up. Both of my, my two business ventures aside of that have just got incredibly busy on me all of a sudden. And I've been busier in the last four to six weeks than, than I have been the whole year before, you know, combined. But I, you know, I'm not, you know, it's a scary thought. Oh my gosh. You know, I guess I have to sleep a little bit, you know, um, and you know, can I get those? But you, you just got to dive in, man. You got to do it. You just got to dig in, and you got to fight, and uh, don't care away from it. You know, I could have just, I could have passed on a couple of these deals, and eh, I don't have time. Screw that. I'm making time. I'll make it work. Right. Right.
0: Yeah, I think um, there. Yeah, it it it, it is. You got to. I was I was actually thinking of the word fight. Right. Like, there's just such this negative connotation. I don't want to get into toxic masculinity or this. This move oh, yeah. to, to make men, you know, soft. I don't, I don't wanna get into that, but there's so much about that that's so incredibly um, valid. Like to succeed, it's, it, being, being a fighter is not a negative thing. It's absolutely an attribute of success. Whether you're a male or female, a kid, like yeah. you, you fight through mental, emotional, uh, and physical. You, you have to.
1: You, uh, you're pointing to something that, that, you know, first off, you guys, oh, it's just, you know, toxic masculinity or misogynist attitude or all these ridiculous words that most people that use too much can't even spell. Um, and they throw them around like you just, and it's ridiculous. Some of the, the most aggressive, nasty in a good way, that's a positive, The tough, fighting business people I know are absolutely 100% women um and they get in the, they get into the field of business you know or the field of battle if you will and they get in there and they kick butt and uh so i i've never really I, I don't think you can add you know uh uh you know a gender to fighter i mean some of the you know i'm a big holly Holm fan she's 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 amazing i love watching all her fights she doesn't win them all but god she brings it every time and she gets up and she shrugs up and she goes well oh, bested me. They got me this time, but I'll be back. I'm not done. And and, and I just, you know, her tenacity, the way she, the, the, the way she cares herself is just a respectable person and a professional. I, I just, I'm a big fan of her. And it's not because she's a male or a female. It's because of who she is, 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 is a competitor that I have so much respect for. Uh, there's a lot of male fighters out there that I wish would act more like Holly Holm. You know, uh, I wish they had her grit. I wish they had her heart. I wish they had her integrity. I would like to watch them more. And, um, and so, and, and 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 to speak to what you were talking about, is like people have this negative connotation about fighting. Fighting's a bad thing. I mean, show me where anybody has ever succeeded at anything in the history of this planet where they did not have to fight for it. I mean, if you want to go to the actual, actual the truest definition of fighting, which is violence, well, I'm really glad that all those allied soldiers decided to fight the Nazis. Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) I mean, I mean, I'm probably oversimplifying it with that to paint it with such a broad brush, but you know, I've got a significant amount of time in Afghanistan. Collectively, you know, where there's a lot of good people over there fighting, fighting for a good reason, fighting for the right. You got to fight for whatever it is you're trying to achieve in this world. And, and, you know, if you're lucky occasionally, it's not just about you, it's about a greater good and you get to be involved in that. But and, you know, fighting is a good thing. I don't want somebody who's, who, who's afraid of the word fight. I don't want them around me. I don't surround myself with those people.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like it, it, it is synonymous with um, failure. You know, the, if you're going to succeed, you have to fail because when you fail, you have to turn around and use that as your, uh, an experience you're learning from, but you also have to fight back from. And um, absolutely, it's it's something that I think a lot of people have shied away from. Just the fact that failure is a is an absolute requirement of success. Now, there's some people that go undefeated, but what what we always tend to lose sight of is the unseen process that occurred. How many times that. Mm-hmm. Got- ass handed to him before he succeeded and then we'll see his success and so that's another thing is the shortcut mentality of i want to do a business and it's just going to explode and be amazing no what you don't see about every single successful person out there is the the tears the blood the sweat the restarts the uh the cowering in the corner in a fetal position because you're not sure how you're going to make it out of something I don't know of one successful person that hasn't been through all that.
1: No, absolutely not. It's not part of the narrative. You know, they always say, you know, you sweat more in training, so you bleed less on the battlefield type of analogy. You know, I mean, you you got to tear yourself down to train yourself, whether it be on the actual field of battle or in a boardroom or you know whatever you do i mean i mean that's you know when you're getting an education and you're tearing that brain down you're building it back up you know and those exhausting nights of studying and trying to get through exams um i mean it's you know it's the same thing i mean you you are getting your butt handed to you while you're trying to succeed
0: yeah exactly exactly so hey speaking of that it's always good to have people in your corner i mean you know we're, we're gonna get kicked when we're down and, um, all of us need support. So tell me about your family.
1: <laughs> well, that's the thing. Yeah. You, you, that's, that's no one. And I mean, no one has ever gotten ahead on their own in this world. You know, and, and that's why I was, I, I'm adamant about telling people you got to surround yourself with positive, successful people, you know, because uh, it ensures that you're going to have more of a positive, successful outcome in your life by just being around those people. Um, and and uh, you know my family's, a you know a big part of that you know having that to lean on. Uh, I just had my 24th wedding anniversary on August 16th, so we just uh, we just had that milestone. So we're going we're we're in the stretch for hitting the uh, quarter century mark this year. And uh, you know four kids that I absolutely adore and very proud of and uh, do anything for them. You know uh, we uh, we had two uh my oldest or you know in the early twenties and then uh nine eleven happened I was gone quite a bit, and I didn't want to uh I was already making my wife essentially a single mother for extended periods I didn't want to make her a pregnant one, so we just we decided to just kind of lay off the uh the family building process if you will for lack of a better description but uh then towards the end of it we d- we said, hey, you know we still want to have some more kids. So we had a couple. So now I've got my younger two are like nine and 11. So, so we have a little bit of a gap between the two. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but I tell you, it's, 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 got, it's it, there's hidden blessings in that. And the fact that having witnessed my older two boys grow up and become amazing men and they're not little kids anymore, you know, and it, you, you, the time is fleeting and you miss, I look back at all those amazing moments when they were little and they're just gone. And was that email you needed to put out really that important that you had to do it right then? You could spend some time with the kids. Do you really need to check your voicemails? Do you really need to get on the phone right now with that client? Can it wait just a little bit? Why, why, you know, he tells you about his day or whatever little thing he's real excited about on his video game or something like that. And, as a rookie parent, I made a lot of those mistakes in the first go around, and I wish I would have dedicated more of my just small and tangible time to my older two, and I see that with the the, the two younger ones, and I proactively absolutely do that now. I hate to break it to you, Scott, but you're not imp- more important than my kids, so if they needed me during this podcast, I'd be, you know, I'd be like, guess we got to reschedule again.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it's the same thing that would have happened if, if my kids did needed me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I expect yeah, nothing Yeah, I think you, you hit a very, it's a very common thread conversation. It's one that I like um, kind of drill in over and over and over again in my messaging is that there is nothing more important than some of those moments. Do you have to sacrifice some time for your, you know, for your, your success? Yes, but but like you said, there is there is a line that you have to draw. That email does not need to be sent today. That phone call does not need to be answered this moment. That fire will actually self extinguish in about fifteen minutes. So let's just let it burn. Like,
1: <laughs> well, I, to take it to a whole other level, I was away from my family at one point for a year, overseas, and that you. Know, I mean, I don't have to describe how difficult that was, um, and and then. And my two oldest were younger. You know, this is, the early, this is not too long after 9-11 happened. And I, uh, I, just, like, I, I missed an entire year of their life. And they changed so much. I mean, I see pictures. I'm like, I don't know that one. You know, I mean, I, I missed that entire day. So you fast forward. And I was still doing some contracting overseas when the other two, the, the second two, my three and four came about uh, and were around. I mean Scott I made pretty damn good money over there uh I was a a program manager for for the organization that I represented over there I ran the whole country for that organization all their efforts there and uh I walked away from it I was like I'm going home guys um my deputy John my deputy program manager John who's an amazing guy retired marine um he just stepped up and took over and you know, and about, in in about 45 days I exited and I haven't been back. Um, I walked away from good money and, uh, but, uh, you know, it's not about money. I don't, I don't measure my successes through dollar signs. Uh, you know, I, I, I do it by accomplishments and then, and then who respects me versus those that don't, I take pride in some of the people that don't like me because I, those are the type of people I don't want to like me, but, uh, I also take a, a, even more pride in the, uh, Honorable people that do respect and like me, um, and it just it was it just wasn't worth it, you know. It, I, I made a very calculated decision, even though there's obviously a whole lot of emotion involved in that decision. And I came home, and I haven't been back, and I missed it. I actually went out of my way to go to an Afghan restaurant in uh, Bloomington, Indiana, which is about an hour, hour and a half away from my home, just last week because I missed the food. But uh, I'm not going back over there. Yeah. Yeah. Family, family first.
0: Yeah. And it is, it's, it's really important. And it's so easy to miss in the moment. Uh, You know, uh, I tell my story about when I owned my bike shop and I was teaching and I was not paying attention to my family. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, you you do, you look back and, and it's, it's my mission. I feel like it's my mission to help other men avoid the mistakes or at least reduce the time that they go through those mistakes um, and as men, we're naturally probably at some point going to be pulled away from our families. Yeah. And whether it's career, whether it's uh, you know active duty, whether you know whatever the case, uh, it's going to happen. But there's going to be chance, times when we have to make choices that, um, in the long run, will be really happy that we made. And it sounds like you kind of kind of come full circle. Like you, obviously, you were serving. You were doing work that was part of um, well, even deterrence.
1: even past that in business I've made a lot of decisions on paper were a bad decision because financially it was the wrong decision but when you look at the intangibles that surround that heavily influenced by my personal obligation to my family that I was um, it was the right decision that and I um, you know I I don't really speak about it much out publicly but uh, I went through a time where I I struggled with some post-traumatic stress Uh, that's what you know it's been labeled as Um, had to fight through that and had to walk, had to walk away from, I had to really, really get a fine pencil, so to speak, and figure out what the true most important things were in my family, in my life and what wasn't. And I walked away from a lot of things that I really thought were important, that just quite honestly weren't. Um, um, and just brought it back to ground zero and uh, secured the home front and secured my, my mental health. And, and, you know, to, you know, so I'm in a great place now and just kind of push forward and it didn't start over, but really did a reset, uh, you know, professionally. And, um, and things are good today, you know um it, you know, but it, if I didn't have that uh, that family aspect there, that is uh, it to be my baseline, you know, Maybe probably wouldn't have been as positive an outcome, to be honest. Right, right. Well, you know, 24 years being
0: married. Um, I'm I'm on, I'm only a month ahead of you. <laughs> 24 in July. 24 years in July. Oh wow! Uh, to my very best friend and my my partner and every you know it's it's my teammate. So um,
1: that's well, I, not so I, my. F- I put her through hell when I was going through my shit, you know, yep. I, you know, she yep. went through hell with me, you know, and it's, I, you know, it's a blessing that we survived it. It really is, but we did. And, uh, you know, I take pride in my own personal strength, but, uh, you know, and an infinite amount of that is from her side of it, tremendous amount. I mean, she, she, she carried the family's water for a couple of years, just so to speak, yep. you know, that's a keeper.
0: They all are in my opinion, but yeah. Um, so congratulations on that. That's huge. And then, you know, you mentioned uh, post-traumatic stress, you you know, you kind of dealt with some of that and you had announced what you, something you were working on uh-huh. in another, room. and uh, it piqued my interest. So that was the initial uh, the, the initial like radar that turned on for me to reach out to you. And you, one thing was um, it involved rucking. And I think the, Listeners probably know. I, I think I brought it up. I actually love to rock. I rocked like yesterday. I've rocked today. Mm-hmm. It's one of the forms of exercise that I do. It's very uh, therapeutic for me. It's quiet. It's hard. Um, you know, I do three to four mile rocks with, but uh, tell us about, you know, yeah, fill, fill everybody in on what I'm talking about.
1: Okay. Well, you're referring to uh, the nonprofit organization that I've set up with a friend of mine yep. and a guy I used to serve with called the Warrior 110. Um and I'll explain the, the number to that here in a minute. But um it was it was part of I don't think you ever fully get out of something like that. You'll always have that, uh you know, if you dealt with something like post traumatic stress depression or anything like that. It's always in your mental mechanism for the rest of your life and you gotta keep it at bay. And part of that is uh doing positive things. So I had really reached a point where I had, you know, I'm in the light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak, of the darkest time with it, when I was dealing with the most difficult aspect of it. And as I'm coming out, a friend of mine, who I hadn't talked to in several years, that I started with in Afghanistan years ago, um, he was kind of on his own journey, but we were very similar on a similar timeline, you know, and he was, he, he was coming out of the, the tunnel with his, difficult struggles and we um we're talking and you know it just we 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 bumped into each other through some through some work and we just rekindled our friendship like man we need to do something together we need to cross market our businesses together we need to you know do something together and um i you know well let's say we focused on my restaurant well my restaurants about an hour and fifteen minutes from at the time he since sold it his CrossFit gym. We owned a CrossFit gym down in New Albany, Indiana. For you guys that don't know where New Albany, Indiana is, right on the Ohio River, part of the greater Louisville, Kentucky area. So, approximately, here's where that number comes into play: 110 miles door to door from our two businesses. Um, so we quickly realized that there's just no overlap with our businesses or anything. There's it, it, with especially with the geography and everything. So let's do something to support those. I mean, we were raised in the military that, you you know, you lead and you reach back and you help your buddies. So we decided to do something along the lines of raising awareness, first and foremost, and some money for post-traumatic stress, traumatic brain injury, PTSD, and chronic pain for veterans, combat veterans. And then, you know, a couple of weeks go by we're not real sure what we want to do. Uh, the sadistic light bulb went off above my head and I called him up. And said, I got an idea. Are you in? He goes, yes. What is it? And uh, I said, let's walk. Let's ruck. full combat, you know, type of, you know, 45, 55 pound ruck. We'll wear it on our back. We'll sleep on the ground. Let's ruck from your business to my business. Let's, let's, let's raise money and awareness for TBI, post-traumatic stress, et cetera. He's like, that's awesome. Let's do it. Let's start planning. We literally less than three weeks later did it. And we raised thousands of dollars for a, an organization up here in, in Indianapolis that helps Hoosier veterans. And we're getting ready to do it again this fall. So uh, it was uh, – we hadn't done anything like that in a long while. So uh, I, I jokingly tell everybody my feet looked like I had leprosy when we were done. <laughs> we were We were in rough shape, but we did it. And it was just – it was like the finish line for me, you know, it just, it was so therapeutic. It was just when I finished that thing, I, I I mean, I was hiring a kite, having, you know, dug down deep, did something incredibly difficult, especially, you know, I'm in my late forties now, you know, I disabled better. And I, you know, I've got issues with physically that, you know, injuries and stuff that are always problematic. And I did that. And that was just a huge accomplishment. I, I could have done that at 20, at 24 years old, no problem. But, you know, at 47, it was a hell of a challenge, but we did it, and uh, we raised a lot of money. We raised awareness, um, and it, again, it's called the Warrior 110. We've since put it together as a non-profit organization where we're going to continue it, we're going to do it every year, um, and we're doing it for others, but at the same time, we'd be lying if we didn't tell everybody we get a lot out of this ourselves. This is this is huge for us, so uh, we're going to do it every year for the foreseeable future.
0: So Is it just you two doing it, or are you going to add... I- let other people do it what's the what's the plan
1: growth so last year he and i we had a lot of people that quickly said hey we want to do this with you Mm. whereas we appreciated it there was just something he and i you know for the old he and i still have a few things that we needed to work out of the the compartmentalization in the basement so to speak and uh so that was really therapeutic for him and i Lot of walking and talking, some deep thoughts, you know, while we him and I were making that walk. Um, and then we stopped at uh, there's a, a military installation just south of uh, of the mint in Franklin called Camp Atterbury, and they got a big memorial out front and everything. It's, it's almost 10 miles on the nose from there. So, what we did is we told everybody when we were going to be there, and anybody that wanted to walk with us the last 10 miles on the home stretch, we got there to what was. A very humbling homecoming. with A lot of people there that were cheering us on, and a lot of people showed up to walk with us that last ten miles. So it was pretty amazing. This year, we're we're inviting anybody. You, you can come walk a mile with us. You can come walk 110 miles with us. Come on out, do it with us. Uh, we we put together a better route, whereas we it's a little bit safer we think than the last one. Some of those country roads are a little bit uh, harrowing when uh, you know that teenager come around the corner. <laughs> Mach twelve texting their BFF, not paying attention. You know, we had to we had to dive for it a couple times. So we're doing uh, we're we're going to take it. We're basically going to predominantly stay on US thirty one because it's got a nice wide shoulder to it. Um, and uh, what we are stating is, you're on your own when you do this. Not not in a sense you can't walk with us, but we are not stopping for anybody. So you have to have your provisions set up. If you get to the point where you can't continue on, uh, you know, you or where you got to coordinate that pickup, you got to coordinate that ride, because uh, our mission is to accomplish this, uh, again to, to, to hit the finish line again so we can have a, a maximum positive effect uh, to help our brothers and sisters who struggle from post traumatic stress, traumatic brain injury, and chronic pain. So
0: that's awesome, that's awesome. I appreciate that. So,
1: um, yeah, somebody, if you just put the warrior one Ken into Facebook, I'm sure you'll find our Facebook page. That's the easiest way to find us to get a hold of us.
0: That's what I was going to ask next. You beat me to it. Uh, and then, uh, so, did you train? I mean, it doesn't sound like you really trained.
1: Mm, if you consider drinking a little bourbon and smoking a couple of cigars, trainer, yeah. <laughs> uh, we we honestly didn't. I know that sounds stupid, but we didn't. We just we were just banking on the fact that you're either hard or you're not. And we we were kind of, you know, I got in a lot better shape. I got in really bad shape. I was always trying to try to maintain you know, really good shape throughout my entire life, especially with concerning all the sports and endeavors I did. It was kind of essential. And I had gotten really out of shape, drinking way too much, eating way too much. It did not help that I owned an Italian restaurant and a wine bar at the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and I had since, you know, I, like like I said, I, I, I was picking up strong momentum, getting ready to burst out of the end of that tunnel into the light when, when, when we came up with this idea, so I had already lost about 40 pounds, you know, I'm in, I consider myself in the best shape of my life, uh, all things considered with my injuries and everything since, you know, my early thirties, um, you know, jiu-jitsu has had an amazing effect on that. Um, I can't, with just the cardio, the, the, the muscles you work out that you don't normally work out, um. I, I'm so indebted to the guys that I, we, we refer to it as rolling. You know, when you, you, you just do the guys I roll with, you know, first and foremost, my, uh, Black Belt Jay and uh, all the guys in there that have just taught me so much and worked with me and everything. I, I just, it, it, I don't think they realize how much they've done for me in this. And, but anyway, to go back, I'm in better shape now. And so we just said, hey, let's just do it, you know, and we'll suffer. And we suffered. We suffered a lot. There's quite a few funny. There's a few video outtakes of when a an old uh, Navy doc showed up at a hotel about 75 percent of the way done to fix our feet, and oh man, it was it was a painful process. You know, and I'm still a little still a little butt hurt. They're laughing at my pain, but <laughs> yeah. just kidding. But um, yeah, it was. I, I think I cried for my mommy at some point. <laughs> but uh, you just don't quit. Yeah, I, it, when I started that, this the, I mean, I was on such a mission to be a better person again, to be, you know, to start becoming who I once was mm. in all aspects that I, I don't care if I had to crawl half of that, I was going to finish that damn thing. And we did. And uh, I, it's one of the things, I'm, you know, as, as far as selfish personal accomplishments, one of the, mo- the things I'm most proud of in my life.
0: Yeah, you've gogginsed it. I don't know if you've read the book. Uh, can't hurt me
1: they, i love goggins
0: it <laughs> just came into a verb and it's it's basically you just did it because it was hard and it didn't matter what your prep was you were going to do it
1: and i love that it's brother i got a log in my backyard i work out with
0: there you go yeah
1: yeah <laughs> i don't own a boat for those, such that oh. i don't use zodiacs but uh yeah i've got a log back here and uh <laughs> yeah, I you know I'm a huge fan of you know guys like David Goggins, uh, Jocko Willick, uh Campings, all those guys, Joe Rogan, I listen to all those guys' podcasts. So it just it just reminds me to get off my ass, get yeah. after it. Oh, you don't feel good today, you thinking about skipping training? No. Where you become good is when you train when you don't feel like it. Wow. We only trained when we felt like it. Jesus, we'd be nothing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. For sure. For sure, yeah. And that all translates into the business world. Yeah, and
0: the, but those things um, transcend uh, motivation. That's what I love about all those guys that you you mentioned is you know motivation is fleeting. Motivation is fueled by other people and outside sources. Mm-hmm. And they give you these guys teach the tools for it to be mm-hmm. habit and become part of who you are. And um, and you know when I decided it was time to get back in shape, I don't like missing a day of workout. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. It, it, it doesn't feel right. And it most feel like it, I'm
1: failing and I hate that yeah, feeling.
0: Exactly. And I try to uh, encourage men to just step into it. Like just do it and do it and do it and do it until it doesn't yes. not to do it.
1: And I'll tell you another one that, that I, I missed, that I absolutely, did, is, is the gentleman I do the Warrior 110 with, Adam Smith. Hmm. If, you, if you're around Adam Smith for 30 minutes and your ass is not motivated to run through a brick wall, I I'm going to assert that you probably got issues with your frontal lobe. Yeah. This guy will be, I mean, he just, that, there's a reason why him and I did this together. You know, that, I mean, I, he just, he knew that I was not going to let him quit. And I knew that he would not let me quit. And, you know, there was times when it was sucking and everything. And he just, we just start ripping into each other. Like, and all, next thing you know, we're walking faster again. So, right. uh, but that guy, um, he has a, uh, a Facebook page and uh it's got a hilarious name, but he talks about, you know, every once in a while you gotta get, you know, a bit of a reality check and you gotta get, you know, you gotta get punched in the face. Or mm-hmm. as he puts it, if you look it up on Facebook, it's called the Daily Dick Punch. Wow. <laughs> so he's basically you gotta get punched in the dunk once in a while to dig deep and uh and 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 move forward. You know, oh life's got you down. Well so what? Get back at it.
0: He said his you name know,
1: was Adam Smith. Good. Adam Smith, which is a pretty uh pretty popular name to say the least but uh, (laughs) you can also you can find you can find him on our warrior 110 page okay absolutely just me and him on there uh he's an incredibly motivating person you find me on there you know as well um and uh but i i i can't i can't give him i mean as far as personal motivation above all those i mean i love david goggins all those guys do a lot for me but directly positively affecting me is i mean i mean i have to put adam up front there
0: Wow, that's great. It's good. We all need, I think it's really important to have someone personally in our lives who does that. I think- uh, if, I Can't get a hold on their own. Yeah, if we can't. We got to go find it. And that's been uh, something that I, I find is true and this, uh, and a necessity. Someone who can call you out any moment of the day. It's not some uh, person that you don't have direct access to. They're good yeah. for motivation. They're good to get you rolling in the right direction, but you need that person who's who's
1: right there with you uh calling you out, making you do it. Well, and it's unique. You know, my wife is more of an encouraging person. You know right. what I mean? With, with respect to my life and thing, you know, you know, it you know, keep working hard, you're doing great, blah, blah, blah. If I call Adam, i like, <laughs> man, this sucks. You know, I I just lost this deal. blah, blah, blah. His response was like, ah, yeah, well quit quit whining. Yeah, quit <laughs> yeah. Suck it up, buttercup. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, and that's just kind of his attitude, you know, and and it's mine too. Um and uh And and he and I feed off of each other tremendously. Yeah. That's important.
0: Well, Brian, it's been awesome chatting with you, getting to know you and hearing about uh, your views on business and family and tough, tough things. I say do tough, hard things every day. And I think you live that. So um, I appreciate that. Thank you so much for being on our show.
1: Well, brother, it's an absolute honor. I mean, I'm absolutely humbled that you even reached out to me for this. um, And it's, Again, I'm I'm humbled by it, but I'm also, I, it, it it gives me an indication I might be doing something right out here. Yeah. So if somebody like you reached out and wants to have this conversation with me. uh, So you've you motivated me today having this conversation. I'm ready to go do something amazing. So, um, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll start humping that log around the yard or something. Right. Make <laughs> but, sure you stop for your family tomorrow. That's <laughs> yep. We're going boating. We're going right. to have a good, long family day. Have a great time. All right. Well, thank you. Well, best to you and your family, man. I really appreciate you, brother. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. This is Scott, and I appreciate your patronage. And I would just absolutely adore you. Well, that's not true. But I would appreciate it if you would give us a rating. Go to that subscription button, subscribe, then hit the rating. And give us an honest review of the podcast. Tell us what you love. And we are super appreciative of all of you listeners. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.